0: This week, we start the first Sunday in Lent and I've challenged the congregation to not just give something up, but instead to use this time to lament something, a loss of a loved one, a a physical illness, uh, someone who needs salvation. And so I'm challenging everyone to lament that, to offer the space and time to really reflect on that, and it really kicks off today because we talk about the wilderness, the wilderness that Jesus goes through, as well as the wilderness that we always go through. 40 Days If you haven't gathered by now, we're talking about the time when Jesus enters the wilderness um, and is tempted and tried. Um, But before I get into that, uh, this is the first Sunday of Lent. For those who are there Wednesday, how's that prayer going for the thing that you are lamenting? I hope it's going well, and I hope that you continue to make that a priority. I want to tell you something, though. Be aware, because when you start it, might not pan out the way you thought. I've been praying for my sister. And uh, (laughs) as soon as I started praying for her, it was two or three days in a row, she contacted me each day. And I'm saying, Lord, you know, you're, you're good in all this, but I wasn't quite mentally ready for this. What are you doing to me? But it's good. That's the whole point of this. If you're trying to figure out what i'm talking about i'm challenging people instead of abandoning something for lent this season pick something up pick up one thing that you want to lament one thing that you want to cry out to god for and let him hear that so you can go ahead we have a little bumper video for god so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world. The whole point of this is for us to help to understand the true impactful nature of for God so loved what that truly means to us and how that truly impacts our lives and what that means when we, when we look into the idea of repentance, when we look into the time of, of sorrow and pain. The reading today is in Luke chapter 4, and I ask that if you are able that you please stand with me as we read verses 1 through 13. It says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for forty days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, one does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him, in an instant all the kingdoms of the world and the devil said to him to you i will give this glory and all this authority for it has been given over to me and i give it to anyone i please if you then will worship me it will be all yours jesus answered him it is written worship the lord your god and serve him only When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. This is the word of God for the people of God. And together we say, thanks be to God. You may be seated. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we pour ourselves into your text today as we allow ourselves to be open and to be vulnerable to what you are teaching and as we we reflect on what you have done and try to understand at a deeper level of what it means when you say, for God so loved, I pray that your Holy Spirit may flood us. As we travel these 40 days, you might just pour over us in a new and refreshing way. It is in your name we pray. If I was to tell you, pack your bags, we're going on a camping trip, whoa! (laughs) I don't even get I don't even get out of my mouth. Uh, I was going to say, what, what would be your response? We know what Jennifer feels. Uh, I know if Tony was in here, she would be jumping up and down and saying, let's go, I'm ready. We all kind of have different responses, right, when we start talking about going out into the wilderness. Some, some people are like, oh, this is great, I love the idea, all the, the bugs and, the, and, and having to make a campfire and cook over a campfire and sleeping in a tent on the ground and, no, for some people, camping is only done if you're in an RV. For some yet, it's only done when you're in a hotel. We have a friend who, her idea of roughing it is in like a four-star hotel, and anything less than that is simply not possible. And we told her one time, oh yeah, we're going up in the UP, we're going to be camping right along, you know, right by the bridge and everything. She's like, in, in a tent? Yeah." on the ground, in the tent. It was great. It was wonderful. And she's like, no, 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 no. I need a bed and a shower and room service. That's what I do. <laughs> and I was like, okay. For, for me, though, I love it. I love being outside. I love the wilderness. And I love some of the images and the smells with that. I love campfire smoke. It drives my senses bonkers, and I usually can't breathe afterwards, but I love it. And so I enjoy that. One of the the fondest memories I have is when we were camping as children. um, It always rained, by the way, when we went camping. It was my mom's fault. Always, always rained because my mom was there. Um, (laughs) Because, I know, uh, she listens to these, so she's going to yell at me later, but I don't care. Um, And I remember always, my parents would get up in the morning. Sun's not up yet. My mom would start cooking breakfast. My dad would be making coffee and, and putting the fire together. And so then I would, I'd usually be an early riser, and I'd get to sit up, and it's that whole idea of sitting around the fire, drinking coffee, smelling sausage and eggs and pancakes getting made and all this stuff, and seeing the sun rise. It just, that's a wonderful image. And that's what I want, like, for my children The wilderness can be a great place to learn and explore or to be stuck in an aluminum boat without a shirt trying to paddle your way back for three hours and being sunburned. You know, I mean, it's all sorts of things. For the Israelites, the wilderness was not a pleasant word. When they heard the idea of wilderness, they heard pain, they heard sorrow, they heard death, they heard disobedience. And frustration. And so for them, the whole idea of going into the wilderness was a repulsive idea. It was a slap in the face. Whether you talk about coming from Egypt or whether you talk about when they came back from being captured by Babylon and Assyria, it doesn't matter. The wilderness was a horrible, horrible place for them. But, Jesus comes, and before he starts his ministry, before he gets to that point where he sits down in his hometown and he reads that passage from Isaiah and says, today in, the, uh, today in your presence, this scripture has been fulfilled, and he starts his ministry. Before all that, he goes into the wilderness because he wanted to show them something. He wanted to show them that the wilderness is so much better The wilderness is where we find our refuge. The wilderness is where we understand our calling. And the wilderness is where we face temptation. But through that, it begins that process of helping us understand for God so loved. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to look at the wilderness and I don't want you to be afraid of it You can be afraid of the bugs. You can be afraid of the bears or the snakes. But don't be afraid of the wilderness journey in your life. It's a good thing. First and foremost, the the wilderness is where we find our refuge in trouble. Think about it. The Israelites, you have Moses. You have Elijah, you have John the Baptist, you have Jesus. They all went out into the wilderness for a time to be protected. Moses kills an Egyptian, finds out that people knew about it, and he runs in fear of his life into the desert and becomes a wilderness shepherd. And there, he finds his refuge. There he finds God. The Israelites in the wilderness is where they receive the law. They don't get it in comfort. They don't get it in luxury. They don't get it in Egypt where they're being beaten as slaves. They get it in the wilderness. John the Baptist, Elijah, they they face persecution and trials, and they live their lives rather out in the desert. Especially Elijah, he gets done killing all these false prophets goes before the king and queen, declares everything, and the queen says, well, I'm going to kill you, and if not, I'm going to be really upset. So he flees into the wilderness. But that's where God meets him. And the same is true with Jesus. Before he can start his ministry, before he can truly go out and do what he is to do, he allows himself to go into the wilderness so that he can find the refuge and strength of God. If you have ever seen a desert place after it's rained, you know it's different, right? When, when the desert actually has rainfall, the cactus, the ca- cacti, they blossom. Things come to life. It is a completely different environment. The wilderness very much is a life-giving place. It doesn't look like it. It may not seem like it at times, but when you really dig down deep and when you allow God to fill that place, it brings life. And so, we need to allow that to be something that we lean into, not push back against. But we don't do it just because of kicks and giggles, you know, we, we, don't, we don't do it just because we want to you know, prove how tough we are or how stubborn we are. We do it because we are led by the Spirit to do it. Jesus himself, the Son of God, does not just go into the wilderness to be tempted because he wants to say, hey, I'm the Son of God and I can handle all things. He goes in led by the Spirit, filled with the Spirit. Something that is vastly different because then it makes it a God thing not a me thing. Sometimes we put ourselves in the wilderness areas because of a me thing. But when we're led there by the Spirit, we can trust that God is using that moment to shape us and to give us the space to grow and to find peace and rest. It's also where we find refuge in the time gives us this this space. This this word space has been something that I've been saying a lot because I, I believe that we have lost our idea of giving space to things, giving opportunities for things. The wilderness is a space for refuge. It is a place for healing. It is a place to be able to stop Recharge, find new purpose, new meaning. It's not just because you've been cast out, pushed out, shoved out, abandoned. I, I think of uh, uh, my, my one pastor friend. Uh, he, he, he served in the army. He was uh, a missile wiring technician he showed me once the, the thing that he designed, and it was some missile guidance system, and he knew, he knew how to do it. It was funny, because he got the models later on, and he had to change the models, because they weren't quite correct. <laughs> and so he, he redesigned them, because he said, no, no, it's actually supposed to be like this, and, and stuff. And he spent time in the desert, quite literally, in his turns in, in uh, Afghanistan and Iraq. And he came back saying, I am changed. It was hot. It was sticky. It was muggy. He got some sort of weird, funky desert fungus in his throat that now has caused major health issues for him. But it has been a place where he found refuge in God. In light of all the bad, it gave him that space to understand who God was. That's something that we need to begin to incorporate in our lives because we are in a wilderness time. Many of us have come to this point in our lives where we're facing some difficult things. And God is bringing us to that desert, that wilderness area to to live and to find refuge in Him. We can't go in kicking and screaming. Don't, don't reject it as something bad, but let it be something good to shape you. It's also where we get our calling. The wilderness is, is a wonderful place to hear God because you are alone. You have no distractions. You have reached, as we talked about in Sunday school, reached the bottom. <laughs> And so you understand that there is nothing else, and so you can hear God clearly. That's what happened with Moses. As he was in that wilderness, he's out tending these sheep in the middle of nowhere, and that's where he finds a burning bush. That's where he hears God say, go, free my people. A very distinct calling. A calling that we all have. Some way, shape, or form. But if we don't allow ourselves to wander through the wilderness for that time period, we then miss out on the calling that God is trying to build into our lives. Even Jesus needed to better understand his calling for his ministry. He knew he was the Messiah. He knew he was the Son of God. He knew what he had to do. But to better understand it. Because imagine, being the Son of God, having all power at your fingertips, being able to command angels and to command armies and to change nature as will, and yet he has to come to this point where he allows himself to be weakened so he can understand and relate with us. He had to go through this wilderness time so that he could understand what that calling meant so that then he could say, for God so loved. So we, too, need to allow the wilderness to shape us, to give us that calling, to refine that calling for us. Sometimes we go through multiple times because something is changing within our lives and we have to understand what this new direction is. We have to understand what the new calling is. And he's trying to use that time so we don't get distracted, so we don't get bogged down and we can actually just say, Lord, what is this? How is this? Who is this? But of course, with the wilderness, we also have temptation. It's it's what it is. Jesus goes 40 days, food, water. He's hungry. Turn that stone into bread. You have all the power. Why do you need to limit yourself, son of God? Do it. Use your power. Who cares if that's not the right way? You can do it. Here's all the kingdoms. Here's the world at your fingertips. You have come to redeem this world. You have come to bring it back under your authority. I'll give it to you. Just bow down to me. Take that shortcut. You don't have to go and die on that cross. You know that's foolishness. You just bow down before me and I'll give it over to you. After all, it's mine to give, right? Oh, and then he goes real deep. Pulling scripture. Scripture that we read. Psalms 91. 91. Just let yourself fall. People will see you and be amazed because God will catch you because he won't let you get hurt. Right? Isn't that scripture? You've been quoting scripture to me these past two times. Here's scripture back at you. Don't tempt the Lord your God. We can't take those shortcuts. We can't do those things that would just be easy to do. If it is not in line with God's will, you're going to cause some major harm. Jesus could have had all the power he could have convinced people by all the miracles he could have done. He did so many. I don't know how people weren't convinced, but he could have done even more to convince people. He could have claimed authority like that because that was within his power to do so. But he doesn't. He takes a long journey the hard road to do the right thing. When we are in the wilderness, we too will be tempted. We'll be tempted to take those shortcuts, to get out of this time of frustration and loneliness quicker than what we ought to. But our response needs to be like Christ, which starts with knowing the Scripture which starts with understanding who God is. Because if we don't have this to help us, to guide us, to feed into our minds as we're going, we're going to look at these shortcuts and we're going to say, that makes sense. If I can do this, why not? This is why not. We are all surrounded by wilderness. We're surrounded by these things that just are casting us into loneliness and despair, things that want to bring us down, temptations that want to ruin our lives. But this is a good thing. Because through it, we don't see this in Luke. I, I'm sad that we don't, but through this, if you go to the book of Matthew, Angels come and provide for Jesus, tending his needs and his cares. When we make it through the wilderness, God is there to provide everything we need to get back on our feet and to start doing the mission that he was shaping us, calling us for. So it's not a time... push back it's a time of shaping it's a time of understanding it's a time of learning and growth for us to be going through these times is it hard yes is it frustrating yes do we want to just jump up and down for it no I, i i hope not but it's a very good thing because it is a moment where god is able to use us for something And because of it, we can look at our Savior and say, if He went and did all of that so He could relate to us, so He could understand us, so He could give us the model by which we can live, I think I can begin to understand for God so loved. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, help us now. For all of us who find ourselves in the wilderness moments, help us now. For all of us who are being tempted, who are being tried, for all of us who are thinking that I'm in a place where no one hears me, Lord, speak to us. Give us your calling. Give us your purpose. Help us to understand Help us to see that the wilderness is a place of refuge, a place of peace, a place that You are taking us to protect us from greater harm. And may we pour ourselves into that moment in the wilderness, whether it is a week or a day or 5, 10, 15 years or more. Lord, may these wilderness moments not be something that defeats us. May we not give in to the temptations to shortcuts or to turn away, but may we instead rely upon You for strength and understanding. And I thank You that Your Son went through this for us. I thank You for the love that it takes to go through this. God of deliverance and freedom. You taught the people of Israel to acknowledge that all things come from your bountiful hand. Deepen our faith so that we may resist temptation. And in the midst of trial, proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord now and forever. Amen. And I'll send you into your communities to make Christ-like disciples or just